edge on it. Mm-hmm. She just cranks down on it all the way down the the leg, and it just kills. And when she did it the first time, at one point, I'm like, I'm like, ah, it's pretty tender through there. And she goes, oh, okay, and then just kept doing it. <laughs> so yesterday, I'm laying on the table, and she is just full body weight onto it. And I had my head in the pillow. I wasn't screaming or anything, but it was, you know, it was not pleasant. And uh, I'm just gritting my teeth in the pillow. And there was on the table next to me, the physical, there's a different physical therapist working on someone. And she goes, Dan, you can tell her it hurts. I go, I did that. I go, I did that last time and it didn't change anything. So why would I mention it today? And she goes, you may be the fastest learner we've ever had. (laughs) podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And I'm Gold Eagle Jake. And today is a very special day because we're talking about the greatest distillery in the world. Dan is that, steaming right now. Dan is steaming if you're not watching the video. I, I, I just know it's the greatest distillery in the world because whenever you walk into a store, you can never find their products. And that's the great sign of a, the greatest distillery in the world is that they're always yeah. sold out. Well, so Wait, is the first one we did. So I'm making an ironic joke that you can always find their stuff because there's other distilleries that, that you can well, never find their stuff. You should have a fact that proves why. I've I've got my facts lined up so I can fact check you in real time. So when I said, <laughs> do you want to talk about it? So I didn't just speak shit. You're like, no, no, no. And it's even though you did your research on it. No, I just have Wikipedia open and I read the first <laughs> couple Jeez. paragraphs. <laughs> Actually, I did a little bit of research too, but mostly just because this distillery excites me. I, yeah, there's the Dan... distillery. This is all tongue in cheek. Yeah, <laughs> so I like by the, the way, the well. distillery that we're talking about is Heaven Hill. If you haven't figured it out already, um, from me saying it's the best ever. Um, yeah. So this is uh, episode three of our big six. So we're halfway there. Um, last three are gonna be Maker's Mark, Wild Turkey, and Four Roses. I believe in that order. Did I get that right? I, I think I don't your text right. going, Are we going biggest to smallest? Yeah, if we're doing uh, that, Heaven Hill would have been second. No. Yeah, Heaven Hill should have been second, but that's fine. So I Jake guess we just can, didn't uh... want Heaven Hill right behind Buffalo Trace. Is all it was. <laughs> I was trying to give Dan a we little could, bit of a break. We could have overlapped the debate <laughs> about the blind tasting face-off that we had. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that requires strategic planning by Jake, and that's not his forte. Speaking of the blind tasting. Do you have a forte? Do I have a forte? Producing podcasts, apparently. (laughs) Speaking speaking of of the blind tasting, uh, about a month or two ago, we did Buffalo Trace versus Heaven Hill in two different blind tastings, which was very interesting. Um, And we had uh, Heaven Hill. Heaven Hill was four to two. In that breakdown? Landslide. The first that tasting was 3-0, so it was a landslide. Um, but what was also really cool about that first tasting is it was it was 
two shelfie heaven hills that took down two supreme allocated buffalo trace products um and i'm trying to look back and forth so the results for but... that it's it's actually a complete tidal wave yeah, and the well, landslide. Yeah, and... One vote off would be a 50-50, <laughs> complete tidal wave. I'm, I'm looking landslide, back. Landslide, mega eruption. I'm looking back for the results right now. I should have done this before, but we don't really do research. We just get on here and talk most of the time. Um, and I know Rittenhouse Rye <laughs> took down Taylor Rye in the first round, which was very cool to see. Two bottle yeah. bond Ryes and Rittenhouse is a third of the price and also on the shelf everywhere you go. And uh, we will come back to the rest of the results as soon as I find them. Uh, mash bills too. They're yeah, probably both I mean, Kentucky rise with very low rye content, right? R- relative to being a rye. Um, do you want to talk about mash bill? Do they disclose any mash bills? I don't think. They do, yeah, do they? I, I got oh, all okay. that. In my yeah, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and talk about sheep, the mash bills? So. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's jump cool. into that. So just a little bit about Heaven Hill Distillery. They didn't start until after Prohibition, so they first opened their doors in 1935. Um, and they built it on property owned uh, by a man by the name of William Heaven Hill. So they did a real strong reach to get to the name Heaven Hill. They just took the guy's last name and added a space in the middle of it. Pretty ingenious. Um, but they started in 1935. In 1942, they were actually shut down by the government and mandated to produce whiskey for the war. Cause apparently there was some big war going on in 1942. Um, but I don't know how that helps the war efforts, but God bless our government for deciding that they needed to make Morale, whiskey for the damn. troops. I appreciate that from them. The government did one thing right in 1942. <laughs> uh, not too long after the war in 1957, they introduced Evan Williams bourbon. Um, 86, they uh, released the first label for Elijah Craig, which is a 12-year-old bourbon and was the world's first small batch bourbon labeled. Uh, in 1989, or 1989, they acquired a couple uh, brands of the names of... Um, or 1989, they got Henry of Kenna. And then uh, 1996 was a big day for them on the negative side because they're you're going to hear a lot of things about warehouse fires and distillery fires because high proof alcohol and flames seem to have issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 1996, they had a warehouse fire. Uh, every was distillery ex- we've covered so far has had a warehouse fire. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yep. But yep. this, I mean, I think this is kind of the most talked about, at least as far yep. as I know, yeah. and from people I've heard talk about it. Um, you know, just kind of right before bourbon really got big, they had this massive fire. And what was really cool about this fire is like all the other distilleries rallied around them, provided them with whiskey. Um, and I was actually reading an article earlier today that talked about how if that happened in today's day and age, it'd be, it'd be next to near impossible for all these distilleries to back them up because everybody has a shortage right now of bourbon. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of was the right timing and it also led them to the distillery that they're at right now. Um, the Bernheim distillery, they got offered to purchase that because of the fire and because they had to rebuild. Um, so obviously not something that is, uh, you know, not something we want to happen, but it kind of worked out in their favor and they rebounded, uh, yeah. very well mm-hmm. from that fire. 
And well, I was got reading it. it was the coolest. Part of the rebound was from that. Uh, part of the rebound they acquire. They've been acquiring a lot of other spirits mm-hmm. companies as well too that that aren't mm-hmm. whiskey, uh, which helped them through it as well. But the coolest thing that they got out of that deal is DSPKY one. <laughs> yeah, the first distilled <laughs> spirits number. They were able to, they were able to take that. And, over. and cool. it was a brand. It was recently built. It was like the newest built Kentucky distillery. The stills were perfect for what they were trying to do. So. Mm-hmm. It kind of was like a match made in heaven. The crazy thing about that fire on the numbers side is uh, they lost over 4 million gallons of whiskey, which accounted for about 2% of the whiskey in the world at the time. Wow. Not just the United States, but of all whiskeys. So pretty, pretty large destruction. Uh, 1999, they got Bernheim and old Fitzgerald. So, 99, we talked about uh, with Buffalo Trace, that's when they got um, Weller and Pappy because that's when Stitzel Weller went out of business and was sold off and um, Heaven Hill got old fits out of the deal. Mm-hmm. In 2012, they launched Larceny and then from then on out, it's just been a massive, massive expan- expansion. Um, they're the fourth... Um, they're the largest independent and family-owned distillery in the country. They're the fourth largest spirit supplier in the U.S. and hold the second largest amount of aging bourbon in the world at around 1.6 million barrels. And they're producing about 1,300 barrels a day. Uh, whiskey Acres, we're going to have about 400 barrels of whiskey produced this year. So we're catching up on them quickly. Uh-huh. Um the big thing with uh, most people don't talk about with Heaven Hill or people that aren't big into whiskey don't know about Heaven Hill is that a lot of their master distillers from the get-go are from the Beam family. So all we just talked about Jim Beam. Distillers. Not today. Not not all of them. Today yeah, they is, are. Is yeah, it, they are. It's, it's not, no, it's not a Beam last son. name. Okay. <laughs> no, I thought it was a different guy now, but... No, um, get your facts right. That's fact number eight. Yeah, fact, so fact number three hundred and ninety-two on Jake's list. To go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when we go through uh, their product line and their mash bills, like we've been doing, um, similar to Beam, similar to Buffalo Trace, they have just a couple mash bills and then their brands uh, off of each mash bill. So they have their bourbon mash bill, which is seventy-eight percent corn, ten percent rye, twelve percent malted barley. And the names that fall under the bourbon mash bill are Evan Williams, Elijah Craig, Fighting Cock, Henry McKenna, Heaven Hill, and JTS Brown. You have the rye mash bill, which is 51% rye, 35% corn, 14% malted barley, and that's going to be your Rittenhouse in Pikesville. You have your weeded, which is 68 corn, 20% wheat, 12% uh, malt, and that's going to be Old Fitz and Larceny. Uh, if Roberto was here, his favorite is the corn whiskey mash bill, which is 80% corn, 12% rye, 8% malted barley, and you have mellow corn under that label. And then Bernheim is the wheat whiskey that they have. I have the original wheat whiskey, which is 51% corn. Uh, I'm sorry, 51% wheat, 37% corn, 12% malt. And that's kind of the round out of their products and a little bit of breakdown of so their history. One other note, I mean, we, we mentioned, um, yeah, at the time, Dan, you know, talked about how their, their whiskey lost was 2% of the global share of whiskey, you know, in the fire in the nineties. Um, but the, the recovery, uh, has been pretty spectacular because 
Heaven Hills the second largest holder of whiskey in the world currently, um, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, especially considering the competition that we've been talking about so far. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't want to wish that fire on anyone, but it did kind of work out in their favor at the end of the day. And they, I mean, the pieces of the puzzle were put right in front of them and they put them together um, and they ran with it and uh, props to them because Mm -hmm. they're obviously (laughs) extremely successful. And I was, I was also going to point out an interesting fact, the the, uh, Heaven Hill Buffalo Trace and Jim Beam, the first three distilleries that we talked about, they all share something in common. They have a lot of really, really, really cheap brands. Mm-hmm. Cream liqueurs, um, you know, other type of spirit liqueurs, um, bottom shelf bottles, which is kind of, kind of different as we transition into the next three of the big six, which I guess it could be argued that they all mm-hmm. have their bottom shelf brands, but um, these three all have a ton of flavored whiskeys. Um, I would, I would encourage everyone to go on the website cause there's too many to list in this podcast, but heaven Hill mm-hmm. makes a lot of different creams and flavored stuff, um, that you probably didn't know was produced by heaven Hill. And yeah, they are, mm-hmm. they are acquiring other brands. Dan mentioned it earlier, but, um, the Samson and Surrey portfolio, they just acquired two years ago which that is, uh, I mean, that's a really powerful line. They have Widow Jane, Tequila Ocho, Mezcal Vago, Few. Oh, yeah. Um, Blue Coat Gin. So those are all those are all pretty good sellers themselves. And now that they have Heaven Hills marketing and support behind them, um, you know, they're just kind of dabbing their toes into all these different categories and getting involved, uh, you know, in the right places, I feel. Yeah. Um, they're also the largest family-owned distillery mm-hmm. in Kentucky that's that's headquartered in Kentucky. Well, I think in the world, um, right? Buffalo Trace is... In the, in the, in the country. In the country. So in the country. Mm-hmm. If Jake would have been listening yeah, to the facts, he would, have, that. he would have heard when mm-hmm. I said that well, uh, they're they, the largest independent Sazerac family-owned. Because is also family-owned. Nope. Yeah, they are. Check your facts. I don't, I don't believe you're right is a but... family-owned company. This is called, they always call that uh, everywhere I read was Heaven Hills the largest. Sazerac. We got Google. Uh, Sazerac's but. a family owned company, 100%. Buffalo Trace wasn't, though. Mm. And that's Buffalo the Trace is owned by Sazerac. Right, but Buffalo Trace is the distillery, and they're not, they're not owned by the, uh, the, and, the name. All right, one Brown Foreman is also family owned. Technically, but not as big, but they're not, they're not as big. Yeah. Which also is kind of crazy to think about because I don't know. I would just think that Brown Foreman would be bigger than heaven Hill because they have Woodford, Jack Daniels, um, and old Forester, <laughs> And those are all pretty big distilleries, big, well-known distilleries. So that's kind of cool. But yeah. Um, going back to the, to the results of the blind tasting, we have to share this. Elijah Craig took down Blanton's, uh, the voting was 27 to 16. I don't know if that's a landslide in Dan's book, but that's a pretty one-sided victory there for, I'll give you a landslide. All right. Landslide. Um, I don't know if we can't call the next one a landslide, but Rittenhouse, uh, 25 to 18 took down Taylor Rye. 
And then in the final round, we had uh, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, A123, took down Stag, A23, uh, 27 to 16. So, more evidence of, of my claims being true. Well, that was tasting one, and now we got <laughs> tasting two, which uh, really briefly we had Elijah Craig Rye take down Sazerac Rye. Um, Sazerac Rye is now on the shelf every day, but a couple years ago, people would freak out every time it came in stock. And that was a landslide, 29 mm. to 17. I think Elijah Craig Rye gets looked over a lot, um, just kind of hangs out on the bottom of the it's shelf next to Rittenhouse. It is an excellent rye. Um, more of that style. I actually think Rittenhouse is a little bit higher. I, what were the mash bills on those? Elijah Craig rye and Rittenhouse rye, were they the same or no? Uh, yeah, okay. just the same mash bill. 51, 35, Rittenhouse, corn, 15 malt. to me, tastes a little sweeter, a little bolder, whereas Elijah Craig rye tastes a little more toned back, and it's a really good like introduction rye. Maybe that's just the lower proof. Um yeah, but in the second tasting, uh, in the second round, we had Blanton's Gold beat Fighting Cock, twenty-seven to nineteen. Which call it what you want, but Blanton's Gold's a hundred and fifty dollar impossible to find bottle, and Fighting Cock is a twenty dollar bottom shelf Heaven Hill product. Which is. It's what was a, the results of the first? What was the results uh, of the first one? Twenty-nine to seventeen. Elijah Craig beat Sazerac Rye. And what was the and votes then on this one? We had twenty-seven to nineteen. Blanton's Gold took down. Okay, Fighting so that's Cop. where the that's where the that's where the delineation of a landslide is. Oh, it's those two is, votes is, right is, there. Is those okay. two votes right there. <laughs> well. Yep, that's where that's that's where that's where it's not a landslide. I think uh, I just want to make sure we knew where. I don't that, know, where Dan. That line you're the one that determines <laughs> if it's a landslide or not. I think like if you if you win by ten votes, it should be considered a landslide. But um, but that's cool because Blanton's Gold, Fighting Cock, they're both 103 proof. Uh, we probably have talked about Fighting Cock before. I know I've talked about Fighting Cock at our tastings before. We've put it in blind tastings. It's done extremely well. Um, this is a product where I see Heaven Hill possibly rebranding and making the bottle look a bit nicer because it looks like a cheap bottom shelf bottle and it has a plastic screw top. Um, yeah. and we saw what they did with the white label um, or the green label uh, Heaven Hill six-year bourbon. They turned it into a seven-year, gave it national distribution, and two and a half times the MSRP on that. And then everyone went crazy for it. And now we're mm -hmm. finally getting to a point where that's back on the shelf, but you couldn't find it for the last couple of years. Um, and the same thing I think is going to happen with this fighting cock. They're going to kind of rebrand it up the price. They could, they could sell us for 40 bucks. It's a six year, 103 proof Kentucky bourbon. There's nothing wrong with it. It does well in blinds yeah. and, and it's, it's really good yeah, too. It's not, you're not going to, it's not going to like blow you away and, uh, be something you remember forever, but for something you can walk in and pick up for $20 anytime, six year bourbon, you won't find any other age stated, probably four plus year bourbons for under 20 bucks like that. Um, yeah. On paper, it, Fighting Cock probably should have gotten like five votes. It should have, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, you know, if we, if we put that out there, people like, uh, you know, predictions, it would have been, 35 to, to 5 on Blanton's Gold taking that one. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And then last nice. round, 
What was do you have the other we, one? We had to put Weller full proof against Larceny Barrel Proof. Um, Weller full proof one twenty seven to nineteen. Uh, again, Weller is just so soft; it just can't be taken down in a blind tasting. So it, it kicked Heaven Hill's ass, but beat Whiskey Acres by one in a so blind So that means Whiskey Acres is better than Larceny Barrel Proof mm-hmm. by a landslide. Just wanted to make sure we threw that out there. Good uh-huh. job, landslide. Yeah. That that would have been a more fair matchup, and I do want to do that one of these days. That toasted barrel against Larceny Barrel Proof because Weller just—it's not fair. It's so soft. It's such a different portfolio when it comes to you know tasting a weeded bourbon. But uh, I think the Larceny does remind me a lot of that toasted Whiskey Acres barrel. Yeah. Well, at full proof is it was proof down too, so it would be a pretty even yeah, matchup, yeah. I think. What? Um, so I guess let's kind of go through their product line and get our, our overall thoughts. So, mm-hmm. starting off with one of the first ones, which I also like. So Buffalo Trace does all the names a lot of their stuff after their history of master distillers where um, Heaven Hill's kind of gone more off history. So Evan Williams was one of the first people to start at this actual legal distillery in Kentucky mm-hmm. um, is where the name Evan Williams comes from. What are your guys' thoughts on the Evan Williams product line? That's one of their cheaper lines. That, they have good stuff. Um, what's the one? The white label, the bottle and bond. Uh, the 18... 17, that too, 1780. I think Jake's thinking 1783. 1783 is, is so good we, for like 25 bucks or we something. Had, uh, like, we had 1783 lose by like three votes to Elmer T. Lee. No, it was not three votes. That was not what you tried to pitch. That's where this whole thing started. All right, from. All right. That's where you tried to pitch. It was close. I actually, and it was more I, than the last side that we described. I actually don't remember. I'd have to so. go back and look, but I thought it was much closer. I remember. I remember because you're like, well, this was actually pretty close. Right, it, was, it was like no, no, it was apart. like seven or eight. No. no, it was more than that. I remember you tried to sell it really Still. hard. Still. And that's Still, where his whole at least, another at one least a on because later not... later that night there was one that had the exact same vote total and you're like this one won in no, a landslide no, no, no. I'm like that was no, the exact no, same no, no. vote as the Elmer <laughs> 783 and you were trying ass. to sell no. that as a close no, the, vote no no I remember that one as a fact all right either way a third of the room <laughs> like and I don't blame you you were on a liquor store your job a third is to of sell the room? whiskey no no you no 1783 on the shelf we're talking about 1783 here we're talking about Evan Williams a third of the room thought that was better than Elmer T Lee and. A third of the room, really close. Smoke. I mean, I'm just using worst case scenario. <laughs> I'm not going to scroll back a year and pull up the results, but um, but another one where on paper it, sh- that it should get, get destroyed. totally blown and, out of the water. Uh, the reason I put it in that tasting was because it just got rebranded. So they recently upped the proof. I think it's up to like 94 now, and it was 90, um, or it's up from like 86 to 90. One of the two. Um, and, uh, they up the age a little bit, so it's got a little bit more going on and it's still the same price. It's $20 on the bottom shelf and you can find it anytime you walk in a liquor store. Most, most of the time, if, if they carry it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, like you said, the white label bottled and bond is also good. Um, really good for cocktails and it's 
it's super cheap as well. I like the 1783. I will say that in a couple of blind tastings we've done at work, there's been barrel picks of Evan Williams in there, and I have not been a fan of any of those. The single um, barrel? I, I, this, yeah, yeah. Um, and and again, that was just that was just from blinds and whatever I was blinding with the other four or five whiskeys. I'm not going to remember what everything was, but I remember every time that's been my lower one that a barrel pick's been in in one of those, but I do enjoy 1783. Um, the first time I had it was at one of Sam's events. Yeah. Um, and thought it was phenomenal there. And that was one of the first ones I tasted. And I tasted somewhere in the realm of one to 42 whiskeys that night. Um, <laughs> and that was early on. And I remember it being good. So that, that one, you know, for sure was good. Yeah. And the, the single barrel worth mentioning, um, it used to have national distribution. Now you can only get it in Kentucky. But it's also an eight-year product mm-hmm. for thirty-two dollars. Yeah. Uh, we we've talked a lot about Elijah Craig, uh, probably one of the best value bourbons out there. Goat. Um, similar with with uh, when we get down to Larceny, they do a couple barrel proofs a year, mm-hmm. which are very good. Um, you have your Elijah Craig toasted. Um, you have your Elijah Craig 18 year, which is probably the best one that they make. Ugh. Um, it is. It is, Dan, the best. <laughs> <laughs> this is where um, Jake gets upset yeah. with me now. <laughs> when we go with historical names, Elijah Craig is that's one of the names you hear brought up on how did we decide to use new charred white oak barrels. Um, mm-hmm. The story is he had some pickle barrels and charred them to get the pickle flavor out. Um, there's about four or five different origins of why we have charred barrels. That's one of them. Uh, but that's the one I Craig's choose to name. believe. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what all, it seems to be one of the more favorite ones, but there's, there's a lot of different theories out there, but that's where Elijah Craig comes from. But overall, probably one of the best value lines out there. Um, yeah. some of your almost all their main stuff, you're going to easily be able to find like the 18 year, uh, some of the barrel picks are hard to find, um, but the, the barrel picks, proofs but the usually barrel proof. get pretty wide releases. It's not impossible to find them. Um, some some of them are harder than others, I think, because of the quantity. But mm. typically, you can you can find them. We still sell out immediately whenever we get them. But yeah. Um, but speaking of that, Heaven Hill. Um, Here's a little insider tidbit for you guys. Uh, I found out that they're going to have a ton, supposedly, of Henry McKenna in the next, like, six months. So kind of what happened with the... Finally getting up to age. So kind of what happened with the seven-year bottle of the bond. The bottle um, of the bond showed up everywhere. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, the, the same thing that happened bond. with the bottle of yeah. the bond. That's that's everywhere now. Um, so they're kind of right now getting ready to do the same thing with McKenna. They're they've got a ton of barrels. They might even have a ton of bottles already bottled, and they're just kind of waiting till they have enough to hit wide distribution. Um, get these taters out of their seats and into the liquor stores. Um, <clears throat> but no, there should be there should be plenty. Maybe uh, drop the price down to like forty bucks again. Too. Uh, I don't think they'll do that, but I do think <laughs> if you really, really like Henry McKenna, you, <laughs> no, drop you'll price. be able to find it. Um, and I still think I still think it's a decent value on the high 
price. It gets up to like $69.99. Um, and for a 10-year bottle the bond bourbon, I still think it's a, a pretty decent value. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. I don't I I will say McKenna's probably my least favorite Heaven Hill. Yeah, product. I was going to say it's not really my jam. Um, Every once in a while you get a really good barrel. Um but um yeah. you know, some people really really like it. I don't know if that's cuz it's allocated right I, now it's or It's kind of like blends. Some are some are big hits and a lot of them are just like whatever. This is a one that's funny for me because it ends up in some blinds at work, and I think it's good. I don't think it's worth the craze and what people were paying for it. It's before. definitely not worth the craze. Um, but yeah, I. Mm-hmm. It's the funny thing is though, I when I drink it, just whenever I think it's fine. Um, twice in blinds at work, it's either in my top, or my top, or my second at work huh. when we've done some stuff. It's always <laughs> interesting that that's that's been one of the ones that showed up a few times. It's like Evan Williams has shown up a few times and been towards the bottom, and McKenna has shown up a few times and been towards the top. But you like a mold. Do you think, Jake, uh, when that happens, when we start to get McKenna 10 on the shelf, do you think we're going to run into the same thing we've talked about recently with the Heaven Hill seven-year bib where it used to never be able to sit on the shelf, and all of a sudden it's out, and I've seen it on sale at a bunch of stores lately uh, because it's been sitting. Yeah, Good. I mean, I do. I think, uh, I think most – most whiskey people right now, I mean, there's still new people getting into whiskey, but a lot of people have just been buying and buying and buying and creating a, a big collection at their house over the last couple of years. And I think a lot of people are at the point where they're realizing how much they have and at the rate that they're drinking, they're never going to be able to get through everything that they have um, if they just keep buying, buying, buying. Yeah, those people are the worst. They're they're the best. Um, <laughs> I don't like to associate with those people. Well, I mean, so like, and I say that because I think have, like McKenna is one of those items like any of the Buffalo Trace products where you hear people say, oh, I have four backups of Taylor Smallbatch. I have six backups of Blanton's. I have, you know, six backups of McKenna mm-hmm. and I'm not going to open one until I get another backup. Like, there's no reason to have backups mm-hmm. of these bottles anymore. Just open them, drink them, share them, yeah. enjoy them. If you have multiple McKenna's or multiple Blanton's, that's a really cool tasting. Open them all, side-by-side side them, find what barrel you like the best, see if you can pick out the differences. Um, you know, that's kind of one yeah. of the most fun things in bourbon is comparing the same thing and picking out the differences <laughs> between single barrels. Yeah. Um, kind of the, I mean, we've talked a little bit about Heaven Hill. The last one we haven't talked about, again, another cheaper one, which I know we all enjoy is JTS oh, Brown yeah. and probably one of the more underrated low, low shelf. Super underrated. Bourbons. Lost by two votes. Uh, to, yeah. That, what's the retail on match that? is 18 bucks, 1799 for the bottle of the yeah. bond. Then it's like mm-hmm. 15 bucks for the regular. But that was actually the only one that Taylor... Yeah one in a blind tasting that's it but still it was like by two votes. Brown. good for yeah. them good for them and it's a 18 dollar oh, no good for them Dave. Top. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> they got something right <laughs> put it in a tube and sell it for 40 bucks <laughs> yep um the rye <laughs> side of things i don't i think i've had a written house i've never had a pikesville um, obviously I don't normally gravitate towards rise, so I will let you guys speak 
yeah, more on that side of things. Absolutely hate Pikesville. It's really heavy on the dill kind of note, so that's like not not at all your jam. Um, mm. Written House is a little bit different. Um, I like both of them quite a bit, um, so I, I don't have anything to rip bad to say. Written House has that like sweet caramel punch that you find in a bourbon. Like you get the char, you get all that sweeter yeah. notes, you get a little bit of vanilla, but definitely a lot of caramel. And then Pikesville, I don't know, Dan, you might like Pikesville because it is low rye, and um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people really, really like it. I've actually haven't met someone that said they didn't like Pikesville. It's 110 proof, so it's got a little more punch than any of their mm-hmm. other ryes, um, and I think it, it kind of stands on its own. Funny story about Pikesville. The last couple of years, probably haven't seen any on the shelf. Um, when they bought the Pikesville mm-hmm. brand, one of the only wishes from the previous uh, owners of Pikesville was to keep the bottle shape. And when COVID hit and glass became a big issue, they couldn't get the bottle. They couldn't find anyone to make that bottle. So they just said, all right, we're not going to bottle any Pikesville. And that was right when Elijah Craig Rye came out. No. So that's my yeah. theory there. Um, but now supposedly Pikesville is back, even though we're, we're not really getting enough to, to keep on the shelf. Um, but that's, I think it's just a matter of time. They're just playing catch up right now trying to get everything bottled and back out there on the shelves. Yeah. I've seen it accumulate in a few places, um, but it doesn't stay for very long. Um, but it, it seems to be showing up in like more regular kind of waves. It should um, be an everyday so, item. Yeah, we're probably pretty close. Before COVID, it just sat yeah. on the shelf. I mean, people knew what it was and they would pick one up every once in a while, but nobody was hoarding it. Yeah. Um, the weeded line, obviously you have your old Fitzgerald, which is anywhere from what? 14 years to this year's was 19 year old. Yeah, well, they just announced they're coming out with an eight year this year. Oh, nice. Are they going to put it in the decanter bottle like uh, Jake uh-huh. just showed? Are they? That's, that's the nice. eight year is going to go in a decanter? It is, yeah. That's the, well, so when they, wow. when they released the 19 year last year, um, they did say it was like the last of their older stocks. Um, so this is the first release since the 19 year, I believe, and they're, they're coming out with an eight year. So I think we're going to start the trend of going from low to high again. Um, it's not going to be as expensive. It's going to be still going to sell it for like 250. No, I was going to say MSRP I I saw was 110. (laughs) So it's not going to be as much and hopefully there's more of it available. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest here. I'm not a big fan of the, uh, I'm not a big fan of any of the recent ones I've tried. I I don't think I've tried the 19 year, but um, just for the price and for how fancy the bottle looked, I was just kind of expecting more. I don't know why, because it's a weeded bourbon and weeded bourbons are kind of one dimensional anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where this brand goes because I think now they're getting into some new stock and some new distillate. Um, and to see where it progresses is going to be very interesting. And hopefully because it's an eight year and they're kind of restarting, revamping, there's going to be more of it available. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we opened yeah, mine my the week on the old before fits. Thanksgiving. Sorry, go ahead, um, Dan tried it at my house. What did you think of it, Dan? I, I've had it before, too. We had it at work once. Um, I think it's good. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that it falls in the same category as a lot of whiskeys I consider good. It doesn't – nothing that blows me away out of it. Um, you know, I, I would – I would prefer Elijah 18 over the old Pitts 19. Yeah. Um, and I know too. we had, Bobby and I know we had both that one night and I think I, uh, I would still stick with the Elijah over it. Um, yeah. I, I like that like super aged kind of flavor profile on like pretty much anything. Cause we had the knob 18 that night also. And that hits all those like check boxes for me um, of the, that like f- kind of older flavor notes. Like the like dried fruits and the heavy oak is kind of what I like. A um, little bit of tater in there. A little <laughs> bit of tater. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I, I, I like I how like Jake's this, face is just good. blank stare. Jake wants nothing to do with this conversation right now. <laughs> um, but no, when we talk about the Heaven Hill weeded line, so obviously, um, if like we talked, like Jake talked about the Buffalo Trace weeded line versus the Heaven Hill weeded line. Um, wheats are always going to be a little bit softer, not as punchy. Uh, I, I prefer heavily the Buffalo trace over the weed line for heaven Hill. Um, the larceny, I, I've tried just the standard larceny. I do not like the normal larceny. I like a lot of their, some of the different barrel picks I've tried, uh, or not barrel picks, the barrel proof larcenies, Mm -hmm. um, I think are, are pretty good. I think it adds the extra heat adds a little spice to it, um, and punches it up a little bit better. Uh, so I do like the larceny. I think the larceny barrel proofs are good. Yeah, larceny um, needs the the higher proof point to get some of those flavor notes to come through. So yeah, I I, I do actually like those a bit. Um, I I don't know if I've had regular larceny. I was gonna say it's been a while since I have. Like it was it was way in the beginning of my bourbon journey. Yeah. I probably should revisit and just try because. 25 bucks for a weeded bourbon six year. I think, I think it is six year. Mm-hmm. I think all of this stuff is six year. Mm-hmm. Is it maybe except for, so. except for that? No, it's all these four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, I, I think the, I think their weeded stuff is fine, but like if you're going to compare Lars, regular Lars need to Weller special reserve, there's a world of difference in flavor for basically the same price point. It's ones you can't find yeah, when you can. But Larceny's not as um, yeah, soft it's not as forgiving as the Weller. Yeah, and they all uh, Bernheim is also weeded. It's a right? wheat whiskey, though. That, that's a wheat whiskey. Oh, wheat. Okay, 80, that's fifty-one percent. I thought it was wheat. eighty. No, no, that was the mellow corn. I saw one thing that was eighty, but Breaking Bourbon had it as fifty-one, okay. thirty-seven, twelve. So yeah, I mean the Bernheim. <laughs> That's a good transition. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, right, right. Yeah, that's whiskey. what I was thinking. Of 80 is the mellow 80, corn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mellow uh, corn. But no, okay. Bernheim. Uh, I think the regular Bernheim is excellent, and it's overlooked a hundred percent of the time because it's a wheat whiskey. People are like, "Oh, you know, I want a bourbon," but it's fifty-one percent wheat, and it's made just like mm-hmm. a bourbon. New charred oak. All the rules apply. Um, and it's a really, really good wheat whiskey. It's a really good whiskey in general for under 30 bucks and seven years and sitting on the shelf all the time. I bet you there's a blend of seven to up to 12 years in, in those barrels. 
because um, they have nothing. They have mm-hmm. nothing to do with the older wheat whiskey once it passes the Bernheim age. Um, they did come out with the Bernheim Barrel Proof, which is probably a, a good handful of older whiskeys. Um, but that'd be a good one to try. Uh, so it got destroyed and destroyed is a term I will use here in a blind tasting against our Wilderness Trail weeded bourbon. And I guess like okay. mm. so. I hate. Well, the you know, weeded well, bourbon. Versus that's what I was going to say. Like it's right? it's different, but the point was when Bernheim Barrel Proof came out, people were freaking out. We were getting phone calls, people nonstop yeah. asking for it, and my response was, "Have you tried it?" Because we put a bottle at the bar, and I thought it was not good. I mean, it just okay. tasted like yeah. burnt uh, all wheat. the feedback I got from people at the bar at Gold Eagle said it was not. Not that yeah, good. and people still wanted it. Of course they did, because it was hard to get. <laughs> so we put it, and yeah. this this was a landslide. I mean, this was, I'm not kidding, like 32 votes to 9. Our Wilderness Trail weeded bourbon mm-hmm. took down the Bernheim Barrel Proof. Did you not allow those nine people uh, back? Yeah, they should have allowed back. But <laughs> there's probably a couple of them listening to this podcast, though. So, <laughs> which, by the way, I have no idea who those nine people are. So, if you are one of those nine and you're listening, just reach out for shits and giggles and say what's up. <laughs> yeah, when Jake knows who did not let back in the bar yeah. plantations. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. I, I like, you know, if you, if you like the Bernheim weeded, that's fine. Just let me know why you like it better than the, than the other one. Yeah. Yeah. We touched on it. We, we would, uh, we have to talk about mellow corn for Roberto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's funny because not only that, but when we were at Heaven Hill, Roberto bought a Melicorn hat, and there's some people that come to Whiskey Acres and bottle all the time, and one of the guys wears that exact same red <laughs> Melicorn hat. And he's one of the guys that brings in some of the hardest to find whiskeys to try afterward. So I don't want to say anything to him about it because like <laughs> a lot of whiskeys that you read about and wish you could try, I've been able to do because of this guy. But at the end of the day, he's wearing a Melicorn hat, uh, and I just don't know what to think of him because of that. I mean, it's not bad whiskey. No, it's like, not bad. It's, it's fine. Like, if you're in a pinch, I'd, I'd take you that want, over nothing. You want to drink something that looks nuclear green? <laughs> would you take that? It's yellow. Would you take that over JTS Brown or Fighting Cock? No. 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 And I'm only asking because no. they're all about the same they're, price and all available. Yeah. There, there's so much. I mean, it's not bad, but there's so much on the bottom shelf that is so good that I'd take over Mellowcorn. Yeah, but I, it, if like if you're really going for sweetness, Mellowcorn is probably the best out of those three. Um, but if you're going for like a more rounded flavor profile, then like a normal bourbon would be better. I, I do like how when Heaven Hill came out with their big yearly release. And they just called it a twenty-year corn whiskey. Like twenty-year, they, they, they should have leaned into it, just called like because they knew they knew they said, "Hey, twenty-year mellow corn." And they'd be like, "Cool, yeah. good for you guys." Oh my god, a fancy pack. I mean, it would, that was gonna be a that was yeah. gonna be a tater bottle, fancy pack no matter call, what. Call it a twenty-year corn whiskey, and we'll be good. 
that no one will ever know that just being the heaven hell limited release makes that a tater bottle if they would have slapped mellow corn on there it would have been like the ultimate tater bottle people would have gone <laughs> nuts for that yeah. i'm telling you <laughs> they should have done it and still had the yellow plastic cap that would have oh, absolutely <laughs> like like that would just be a just, big like. I'm gonna roll this nah, out of your pants and just put it down on your forehead. They should, they should, like that's what they that should've they should have done. done that yellow just to do that. Same bottle, a same bright label. Yellow cork. That yeah, would be bright nice. yellow cork. Same mm-hmm. bottle, but a cork. But same label, maybe like just a leather label in front instead of just a print. <laughs> <laughs> like a gold yeah. foil over the yeah. top. <laughs> yeah. I wish. I wish they just would have done it just to be like. Hey fuckers! I know you're gonna want this no matter what we mm. put, put a name on this on. So, but they tried to be coy and just call it a 20 year corn whiskey. Like, just so lean into it. Funny thing about Mellow Corn is, during COVID, they had some kind of supply chain issue where they couldn't get the yellow caps, and they just briefly yep. switched to black caps. And people yep. were going nuts <laughs> to try and get black cap Mellow Corn bottles just because it was like a deviation from the normal ones, which I think is absolutely hilarious. I think it's hilarious you refer to those people as people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the smoke wagon clear bottles. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 I don't uh, I I have nothing wrong with Heaven Hill. I, I joke around him just because Jake likes him and I got to be mm-hmm. anti-Jake. Um, I will say one of the drunkest times I've been in my life was at Heaven Hill Experience Yeah, when we were down there on our <laughs> tour. Um, I felt bad, Jake. I don't know if we've told you this story. Oh, no, I think we said like we got like they, they we went through a tour company that booked all of our tours. Uh, when we got to Heaven Hill, they had put it in their system at Heaven Hill incorrectly. So we ended up probably where you go when you're down there for barrel picks in their executive boardroom with like just a bunch of drunk yahoos that had no reason to be in a fancy room drinking all these fancy bourbons they were pouring us. But uh, Well, they kept talking about us like we were podcast royalty too, which was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, bourbon matters right this way. <laughs> yeah. Because no, we weren't wearing our. We weren't our. No, I think I wasn't wearing my T-shirt that day because that was the second some of, day. Some of us wore the shirts again, but yeah, yeah, I decided to wear clean clothes and not be a scrum. Yeah, so um, we got to try some really nice stuff. Um, we got to try uh, not that, not the twenty twenty two Parker's Heritage. I think it was the twenty twenty one. Yeah, the orange curacao. The orange curacao finish that was pretty good. Um, yeah. We got to try. Like McKenna and um, toasted, toasted, Elijah toasted. Elijah toasted. Um, they didn't give us any of the rise. I don't think it was all bourbon. I, I don't like. I feel bad. That lady was so nice, and I couldn't shut up, and Roberto couldn't shut up, uh, <laughs> and we were loud and drunk and obnoxious, and I felt bad because they they screwed up and they made special arrangements to be able to host us, and I was just not sober at that point. Afterwards, I took a little nap before I got to Four Roses, though. Yeah, all things are better. <laughs> but any other thoughts on on Heaven Hill besides them being big um, and not as good as Sazerac? Yes, yeah, so, I mean the only thing uh, I think we should talk about flavor profile a little bit. Um, their bourbons have a kind of. Um, a nutty kind of uh, flavor profile. It's, but it's more in like the realm of like almond. I think it's a, 
almost it's not like it's um, almost like a combination of Jim Beam and Buffalo Trace. Because it's yeah, it's, it's not quite as peanutty. yeah, it's not as it's, peanutty it's or of sweet, like, um, but it it still is sweet, and you get a little bit more spice than Beam, but not as much as Buffalo yeah. Trace. Yeah, it's not as fruit heavy as Buffalo Traces. Um, so yeah, it's like a nice middle ground between the two. Um, you do get some like good, um, some of those aged notes that I really enjoy, even on their like normal stuff. Um, like you get some of that like dried stone fruit kind of stuff, and you get the oak on almost everything because like they have really old stock of almost everything. Um, it's like, like one of you guys said, it's almost everything is at least six years old. That's that's coming out of there, um, so it it has a lot of good like aged notes. Um, so I, that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. Good, good, good review. No, Thanks. what's funny is I was actually thinking about flavor profile right before you brought that up. So great minds think alike and. Dan just sits over there and listens. Yeah. I just talk <laughs> yeah. shit. That's my job. Like nut- nuttiness is what I get out of it. Not really on. But the it's nose. very it's very different than like the peanutty Jim Beam that you kind of get. It's it's but yeah, it's more of like the savory end of like it's like yeah. walnuts. Yeah, you get, and like you get more like the vanilla, like more of the caramel. Yeah. Cool. Nice. All right. Dan's had enough well, of this. <laughs> I've had enough talking about Heaven Hill for about three years. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, like I said, we, we talk about it a lot. I, I, if you're going to go into a store and be able to find something, you're always going to be able to find Heaven Hill stuff. And it's always going to be, you're never going to be dis- disappointed with it. So, mm-hmm. um, unless it's mellow corn. But, um, no, Jake, uh, I know that you have a bunch of Heaven Hill stuff in stock. So if people want to buy some of these fine products we've mentioned on the show tonight, where can Gold they find them? Um Damn, I guess I guess should uh, drop a coupon code. Um, let's. Ooh, we haven't it's done been that a, few a few episodes, and mostly because I think, uh, I don't know, we haven't really talked about a certain product that we had and was available so i think yeah no coupon code for buffalo trace <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um, we could have done a sazerac rye one i guess but too late um so let's 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 do fighting cock because i think that's one that anyone should be able to, yeah, to buy uh it's not going to be a huge discount but i'll do 15 percent off on a bottle of fighting cock Ooh. with code uh b m cock yeah, that's what I was hoping for. That's what I was. I was waiting for it, and I wasn't going to say anything. I'm like, I have the perfect comeback if he yeah, doesn't use so, this. But I'm glad you. I'm glad uh, you yeah. stuck with it. Wait, wait to be a cock. We'll get you 15 percent off fighting cock. So instead of twenty dollars, you'll pay seventeen dollars. It'll be the best seventeen dollars you ever spent. Um, a six-year mm-hmm. Kentucky bourbon and 103 proof. And if you want to do that, go to goldeaglewine.com. Follow us on Instagram at goldeaglewine. Follow us on Facebook at goldeaglespirits. 
And uh, yeah, shop online. Make sure you download our app on the Apple Store or Google Play Store. Um, and then you can plug in that BM Cock coupon code to get 15% off a bottle of fucking cock. Dude, can we do chicken cock next week? Yeah. Like, just have back to back VF cock coupon codes. Like, let's just do it. Like, let's just lean into it at this point. We're full out yeah. payment. Let's just go for it. All right, screw the big six. We're going to do chicken cock next week. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, Jake uh, try, try and help us finish off uh, better than where we're at right now. Where can people find oh, the podcast wow. and find great coupon codes like VM cock that Jake just drops? Uh, so you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other podcast platform. You can watch us on Spotify and YouTube. You can find us at Bourbon Matters on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can go to our website if that pleases you, uh, bourbonmatterspodcast.com. You can email us, uh, bourbonmatters at gmail.com. Um they covered everything, right? Yeah. How many people are going to buy a bottle of Fighting Cock just you to use what? that coupon? I, th- I think that was oh, the I'm best idea ever. Because I think, yeah, I, no, mean, I like, agree. Like that was well. Who cares about market. saving three dollars? I just want to show that I use this BM Cock coupon code. Yeah, yeah. I feel that's the real winner here is just being able Wait, to use. All right, that. hold on. But you have to say it to the cashier when you check or when out. you when you pick no, up. don't because that can cause a lawsuit. Don't don't do that. That but, can cause a but lawsuit. But that was that was part of the reason uh, I was like, well, I'm not going to do 10 percent off fighting cock. That's two two dollars. But 15 percent off will get you <laughs> the same price as basically what we paid for it to get it on the shelf. Um, so take advantage of it, not to save $3, but just to use the BM cock coupon code. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that sounds fair enough. <laughs> All right. Um, All right, we, guys. before we go, we got to talk about the blend off. We've agreed to the rules. Those will be posted this week. Um, agreed is a loose term. <clears throat> so I'm going to run through them real quick. So, Name of the game is to create a blend of whiskeys, and then we're going to have a face-off to determine who is the best blender out of the three of us. I've already started my blend, and I have to say I'm like 90% sure that it's a winner. I just need to do some fine-tuning, but rules. Number one, bottles used must be under $80 each. Number two, Final blend must qualify as a straight bourbon. Number three, if proof down, the final proof must be noted. Jake clarified that you also need to provide the proof that it's at, even if it's not mm-hmm. proof down, um, which should be fairly easy. But you do. the point is to say that you cut it with water or not. Rule number four, minimum of three unique brands or labels are required in the blend. And rule five, only one bottle used can be finished. So Dan's upset Great. because he can't just have Rob blending something <laughs> in the back of Whiskey Acres. I like how you just really killed the vibe we had going on here. Everyone was all laughing about BM cock, and then you come into the rules. Let's get back to the cock. Yeah. Yeah, that's not even bad. Please clip that and add it to the soundboard. 
I think I think we're gonna get a <laughs> that that's better than Roberto's. Uh, I did it all for the Nuki. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll get a new. Uh, that's some good a new record for listeners. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All, all right, right, guys, that was fun. Glad we're done yeah. with Heaven Hill. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah. So the blend off is going to be in January. So we we've got a month to put our blends together. So be on the lookout. Sounds good. Oh, yeah, because that's going to be, be a lot, lot of fun. fun. All right. Cheers. All right. Cheers, boys. Cheers.